and welcome to the first ever Katie podcast, made right here in Camarnock Academy. First of all, a little backstory about why we're doing this. Miss Miss Campbell created a press group, and volunteers like me joined to create a podcast. There were so many brainstorms and mind maps, but now we're ready to make it a reality. And today is quite special, not only because it's the first ever KA podcast, but it is also the Christmas special. It's all very exciting. So now it's time to switch over to the rights of the month for December with Olivia and me. And this month we have two rights of the month. That's right, Article 24 and 39. But Olivia, what are these rights? Article 24, Health and Health Services. Every child has a right to the best possible health. Governments must provide good quality healthcare, clean water, nutritious food, and a clean environment and education on the health and wellbeing so that children can stay healthy. Richer countries must help poorer countries achieve this. Article 39 is recovery from trauma and reintegration. Children who experience neglect, abuse, exploitation, torture, or who are victims of war must receive special help and support to help them recover their health, dignity, self-respect and social life. Thanks for that, Ewan. And now let's talk about the news that link into this rights. One of the latest news stories linking into Article 24, Health, is that restaurant dishes could contain more calories than fast food. Health experts have said that meals shouldn't exceed 600 calories, but the average calorie count for a restaurant meal is 1033 calories whereas fast food places only average out at 751 calories this story was taken from the bbc news website on december 13th thanks for that ewan now over to a festive playlist with me and since we're in the run up to christmas i know exciting right i thought i would come up with a festive playlist to get us feeling christmasy so here we go we have underneath the tree last christmas all i want for christmas is you winter wonderland jingle bell rock let it snow, eight days of Christmas, and it feels like... Okay, so I'll be talking about weird Christmas traditions. And uh, <clears throat> I'll, there will be, uh, I think, like uh, four? Yeah, four. And the best one is the last one, and it's awesome. So our first tradition is a Japanese tradition. Karasumi Masuniwa Kentucky which means Kentucky for Christmas. Although uh, Christmas is not a national holiday in Japan, families from all over the world head to their local KFC for a special Christmas Eve meal, but it costs 3,336 yen, which is 20 pounds in the UK. This meal is is very big with a giant turkey, chicken legs and chicken breasts and everything like gravy for some reason. Okay, next tradition. German. Find the pickle. Where the parents hide a tiny pickle in a Christmas tree, then let the kids try to find it. The person who finds it gets a prize. Warning, please no, please do not attempt to find the pickle in our first Christmas tree in Kilmarnock Academy near the entrance. Okay, this might be a disgusting one. Fried caterpillar. When you think of Christmas food, you think about turkeys, gingerbread men, minced pie. But in South Africa, you eat fried caterpillar for Christmas dinner. You grab a caterpillar, kill it, and put it in a fryer. But these are not normal caterpillars. They're called the pine tree emperor moths or Christmas caterpillars.
Okay, the last one, the fourth one, the last one. So this is the last tradition we will be talking about, and get ready for it. The pooping man, or canigar in Spanish. I'm terrible at Spanish, don't judge me. Uh, <clears throat> quoting Catalonia, this is a tradition where there's a belief that if you buy and bring your pooping man figure with you to a performance for a nativity, that'll give you good luck. It was used to give Messi, the footballer, good luck by placing your pooping man next to the TV while he's on. There are now so many types of pooping men. Celebrity po celebrities pooping, animals pooping, even objects. The original pooping men were desi designed with black trousers, a white shirt, and a red hat. This was made at the end of the 18th century. Now it's time for the book review with me, Eleanor. This month I'll be reviewing Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. This is the first book in the series about Harry and his friends solving mysteries and saving the world at Hogwarts, the school of witchcraft and wizardry. In the Philosopher's Stone, Harry, an orphan, is visited by a giant man called Hagrid. He reveals to Harry that he is a wizard and that he has a place at Hogwarts. When Harry arrives at Hogwarts, he learns about his past and the evil wizard Voldemort and his returned and plot to return from the dead. <laughs> Harry has to balance his schoolwork with saving the world. I would give the Philosopher's Stone four out of five stars. It's a good start to the series and introduces all the characters that we get to know over the books. The highlight of the book for me is the Quidditch scenes. The sport sounds amazing and Camarnock Academy should definitely start a team. The book would be better if we learned more about the side characters and their stories. Luckily, we get to know them more in the rest of the series. That's all from the book review this month. We will be reviewing another book or film in January. Now stay tuned for a special guest interview. Who are you and what's your role in the school? Right, hi Nicole, and thanks for doing this podcast interview with me. So I'm Mr Rose and I'm the head teacher. My job is to make sure um, everything runs smoothly day to day in the school and uh, we promote our school in the local community and have a positive ethos and learning environment for young people. What was your first teaching job and which subject did you teach? <laughs> okay, uh, I think that's going back a while now, so uh, let me think. My first teaching job was actually in Air, in a school called Air Academy, which I loved because Air Academy is a building very, very similar to the old Kilmarnock Academy in that it's a listed building and sits proud uh, in the, the heart of the town centre. So I felt, when I went to Command Academy, ironically I felt quite at home because I'd started my career at Air Academy. So I really liked it. It was a quite a small school uh, at the time, um, but really fond memories from it. What was the second part of the question? Um, what subject? subject did I teach? Yeah. Right, I, was, I started as a maths teacher. Um, that was my, what I qualified to be and, and still love teaching maths if ever I get the opportunity. Um, how long did you teach at James Hamilton Academy and where did you teach after? Right, okay. So, um, James Hamilton Academy is the longest I've spent at any school in my whole career. So I was 13 years there. Um, every one of them a fond memory um, working there. Uh, I remember when I first came to East Ayrshire from North Ayrshire, um, I found it quite difficult to settle in at the beginning. But 13 years later, I found it really, really difficult to leave. Um, I've made a lot of lifelong friends from James Hamilton Academy, um, teachers, I still see pupils that I taught now, 
uh, so it's been a, a great experience um, there and after I left um, I decided if I didn't leave James Hamilton Academy I never would so eventually I applied for a job to be deputy head teacher at Stewarton Academy and got that job and uh, left with a heavy heart to take up my new role at Stewarton. And when did you become head teacher at Kilmarnock Academy? At Kilmarnock, well after about six years or so at uh, Stewarton I became acting head teacher at Stewarton Academy for a year and a half um, then applied to be head teacher at the old Kilmarnock Academy in the town centre um, and got that job and was there for about, I'm trying to think how long, maybe a year and a half before I had to apply for this super school job, uh, the big merged Kilmarnock Academy with James Hamilton. So I then got that job and so I don't know when officially I became head teacher of Kilmarnock Academy, the new Kilmarnock Academy is probably about a year and a half ago, um, going on two years probably. Um, so that's when officially I was head teacher of the new Kilmarnock Academy. Um, that's when it started. What goals do you see for the school in the future? Well, uh, that's about another answer. What goals do we have for the school? I think, to be honest, we set uh, a vision statement out for our school, which is about meeting all our pupils' needs, and I think that still stands strong. That going forward, we've got twelve hundred young people in our school, and the vision we have is for our young people to all thrive, fulfil their full potential. Um, and reach a place of employment or uh, training or leaving school and that's still a vision that we, we hold true to um, and making sure kids are ready to take up um, a post-school destination that really is what, what our vision has to be and I mean 100% of young people and no sh nothing short of that, that has to be our aim and our goal. Okay, um, why did you decide to be a teacher? <laughs> right, okay. Uh, this is quite probably quite a personal story so uh, I never really wanted to be a teacher when I was your age in a call. Uh, this was not something that I grew up thinking this is what I want to be. Um, actually, um, I didn't even particularly, in my generation, particularly thrive to go to university. Um, but I left school with a number of hires and um, decided um, then it was a recession, so there was very few jobs around. Decided to go to university then because it was an option. Um, I studied chemistry, industrial chemistry, and I wanted to work in industrial as an industrial chemist. And that was mainly an influence from where I grew up in Dorai. There was a, a factory there, um, which I thought I could work there, um, and that was an influence. But I quickly realised going through university that uh, my talents lay in the maths aspect of the course, where I was getting good grades without trying as hard as I was, was with the chemistry. Um, finished my degree, and uh, applied to, thought, well, maths, I won't work in a bank. Um, thought I'd do that, but along the road, um, I used to help my wee brother with his higher maths, and my mum used to always say, you're really good at helping people, uh, Mr Rose. She didn't call me Mr Rose, called me my name, but... <laughs> um, so, and I used to go, no, no, you should be a teacher, and I'm going, no, 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 and she used to tell me all the time when I helped him, um, no, you've got a really good way with people, you'd be a good teacher, and, um, lo and behold, I threw an application into teaching college, got in and absolutely loved it and I've never looked back and there's no doubt about it, it was the right career choice for me because I don't regret one minute of my career and where it's taken me and the influence of me being able to have in other people's lives um, has been a real positive. Um, what, what was your favourite subject when you were in school and why? Favourite subject, uh, I, I did bizarrely, and it's weird I know quite like maths, but I think just because I could get it right 
and you do 50 examples and I would get 50 out of 50 to myself and I'm quite competitive so I quite like that. Um, so I, really, I quite like maths and I like sciences uh, and I like PE. Um, I didn't like so much the creative subjects, I wasn't maybe as good at them. I was quite good at art but music I was tone deaf and I think my, the work, I know you've not asked me this, but the worst subject I ever took was Latin. Um, where I get told it'd be great and could not relate to Latin at all. Um, but so that was probably my, my least favourite subject and my best are the sciences and maths. Um, if you had to be an animal, what animal would you be and why? <laughs> okay, mental question. Um, hope I'm not portrayed as a weirdo for thinking I'm an animal after this. Uh, right. Um, Nicole, I know you helped me with the answer to this question as well. Um, what Nicole and I have concluded is I should be a King Charles Spaniel. <laughs> um, mainly because my daughter had a King Charles Spaniel, looked after it for a year and a half, and I absolutely loved the dog. Um, I'll not tell you its name. Okay, I will tell you its name. It was called Chainsaw. Uh, that's my daughter's sixth sense of humour. Um, but we absolutely we grew attached to it, and I just think the wee dog was uh, really loyal, really friendly, and I just think uh, if I had to be a dog, I'd like to be a King Charles Spaniel for those traits. Um, okay. A bit weird as it is. <laughs> it's fine, it's quite a common question asked at interviews, isn't it? Is it? Because it gives them a look into the person and employee's personality. They're passing. This is the school news with Mark, Hannah, and Erin. There's been plenty of things on in the school over the last couple of weeks. House forums and growth mindset peer mentoring are well underway and going well. Massive congratulations are in order to Paige Holland in S2, who won the Young Enterprise Champion Award for all of East Ayrshire. And well done to Elise White and Junker Michael, who are through to the semi-final of the COPFS public speaking competition. It's also been a fantastic few months for our sports teams. The S3 boys football team beat Douglas York in November with a fantastic score of 72. All of our other teams are doing a wonderful job representing us in their matches. We look forward to hearing more from them in the new year. Mr O'Rourke would like to thank you again for those who contributed to the Armistice expedition and show in November. Thanks in particular to Mr Kichi who played the last post for us. There are plenty of new exciting things coming up in the new year. The Young Carers Support Club will be starting up in January. Make sure you pay attention to the school Twitter for updates. Since this is our fir- first podcast, we are still getting everything set up, and that means we need a logo. Since the podcast is about pupil voice, we thought the pupils at our school should have a say in what our logo looks like. There's only one rule. It must include the school badge. You can do it as a group or on your own. Just write your name and house on the back of your entry and post it into the box in B8 before the 31st of January. There's even a mystery prize for the winner. Good Good luck, luck, guys. Thanks so much for listening to our first Comornic Academy podcast. We'll be back in January. Until then, Merry Christmas. (laughs) 